...winning the UCD hockey and tennis teams and preparing the tees for the rugby club. I'm not sure how many years were involved, but certainly she knew a great many people, mainly living in Dublin, whom she would meet on visits there. Before finding a position at the Coombe, she had worked as a locum doctor on one of the islands off the coast of Donegal, Arranmore, where she served a community living in terrible poverty that lacked any other kind of medical support. By all accounts, Tessa O'Donnell fell head over heels in love with Aubrey Burke and was the moving party in their relationship. Being some years older than him, she drew him out of himself. Aubrey was born in the year 1914. Tessa was not forthcoming about her age. She used to tell us that she was born the year the Titanic sank, 1912. But we now know that she was born in 1908. He was handsome and athletic, but quite reserved. He had trained for the priesthood with the Jesuits. He never spoke of why it did not work out, before turning to study medicine. Where Aubrey was serious and reserved, Tessa was extroverted and fun. They married in Dublin on 18th January 1940. Bishop Naughton, who may also have married H.C. Burke and Nellie Macaulay a generation earlier, officiated at their marriage which took place at University Church on St Stephen's Green. My father's brother, Roddy, was the best man, and my mother's sister, Florrie, was the maid of honour. Although my father later made it out to be a small wedding, these were austere times early in World War II, it was, according to my uncle Roddy, a big affair, with a wedding breakfast in the Shelburne Hotel and photographs in the newspapers. When the newlyweds returned to Mayo, my grandfather, H.C., felt that my father's best prospects would be to emigrate, as his siblings had done or would do. My father's eldest brother, Paget was already doing well in the colonial service and would later become a Chief Justice and be knighted by Queen Elizabeth II. Another brother, Hal, was a doctor in England. Roddy would emigrate to Australia and the youngest, Dennis, would end up in Brazil. Even the two sisters, Ivy and Dorothy, who became nuns, went to India and England, respectively. However, my father was adamant that having been educated outside Ireland, of which he was appreciative, he was going to remain in the town of Ballina and practice medicine from there, as his maternal grandfather, Roger Macaulay, had done. So Aubrey and Tessa acquired number two Victoria Terrace, a semi-detached house on the quay in Ballina, facing St Muradach's Cathedral across the River Moy. My father fixed a brass plaque to the door, opened for business as a general practitioner, and my parents set about starting a family. I was born in May 1944, the third child and only daughter. My two older brothers were Oliver and Aubrey, and my two younger, Henry and Adrian. The five of us were born within six and a half years. Victoria House was built as one property in or about 1840, shortly after the accession of Queen Victoria to the throne, hence the name, which has somehow survived over the years. That half of the property my parents initially acquired, number two Victoria Terrace, was, by coincidence, the house my grandfather, H.C., had lived in and married from before acquiring Amana. On entering through the front door of number two, painted red, you came into a hall with a tiled floor. On the immediate right was the dining room. Behind that, a darkish waiting room with windows looking out onto the neighbouring premises of Riley and Boland timber merchants. 
Behind that again was the kitchen, scullery, and a back door out to a yard, with a large shed for storing turf and household bits and pieces. Up the stairs, at the turn, a flight of four or five steps led to my father's surgery. Patients were let into the house either by my mother or by the maid, and their names were kept in a big book just at the door of the kitchen, so that, as each patient went out, my father would stride in there, read the next name in the book, and call it out in the waiting room. Upstairs was a fine drawing room, with a mahogany and oak floor, pale damask curtains, a piano, an open fire, and good furniture. And in this room, my father would read to us from Rudyard Kipling and other children's classics. We would do our musical lessons there, and were allowed to have sweets from the tin box on the piano after lunch on Sunday, and only then. On the next floor up were our bedrooms.